Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Healthy is Hot podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Wilde, TV host by day, sweatpant connoisseur by night, and a health and a life coach always. From hashtag to movement, we believe that loving all sides of you is what's healthy, and healthy is hot. Come hang out as we have raw, real conversations with badass individuals living passionate lives, thriving to make their dreams come true, and diving deep into how they got to where they are. And the best part? How health is a key component of all of it. From the highs to the lows, we get into it. From fitness to mental health to aspirational careers, get ready to be inspired. Also, we don't hold back. There might be swearing, there's definitely going to be some laughing. And hopefully you can take something away from these conversations to live your best life, to live your healthiest hot life. Brought to you by Clarence. Friends, I have been dying to tell you about this latest guest. We are so excited to welcome none other than Jonathan Van Ness to the Healthy is Hot podcast today. A hairstylist by trade turned personality, writer, comedian, and entertainer by life. Jonathan is seeking to celebrate authenticity and uniqueness within the beauty and entertainment industry. As an HIV plus non-binary truth teller, Jonathan is determined to make this world a better, more equitable, yet funnier place. As a true multi-hyphenate, Jonathan Van Ness is doing the most with his time by performing his sold-out stand-up comedy on tour, being an award-winning television personality, hello queer starting a sustainable hair care brand, being a New York Times bestselling author, practicing his gymnastics and figure skating skills, and having a podcast. There's also the garden, chickens, cats, and dogs that he takes care of with his husband, Mark, whom he married in 2020. And don't let Jonathan near an adoption center, I've been told, because he will leave with another cat or two. But for now, he's with us here today. As you can hear, my excitement is real. Let's dive in. JVN on HIH. I mean, this is truly a dream come true. A big, big welcome to our Healthiest Hot community. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, I couldn't help but create your Instagram and notice that you two got a sneaky workout in this morning. I also did. I'm coming literally fresh from the shower. Hair is wet, but I was like, I want to get my movement in. And I also feel like I need to have clean hair, even though we're doing a virtual podcast session because it's you on the other side. Oh my God. Um, no and yeah i did get a quick sneaky workout in that is why i'm like not giving my i'm giving you like red faced non-trimmed neck and like hairy upper lip glow uh three-day weekend realness so (laughs) i'm excited to have like a little bit of like maintenance time after this yeah a little a little self-care well look there's so much i am thrilled to get into JVN, you're such a powerful advocate and activist in the lgbtq plus community I'd love to get your take on how important is the conversation surrounding pronouns? I'm sorry, my brain is like um, blinking. It's just that like this is a 30 minute podcast and I could talk for like 17 hours about this, like without taking a breath. Um, But uh, pronouns are really important, but I don't think that pronouns are um, the most important thing when it comes to like living and identifying or when it comes to living and being non-binary pronouns are really important um but for me what is really important that i need people to know right now is that we are so far past uh me explaining to you what non-binary means um we have currently 
three states that are investigating parents of gender nonconforming and trans children. We have states that are actively legislating to felonize gender affirming health care, which can look like mental therapy. It can look like letting your kid wear the clothes that they want to wear. We're talking felony for doing that for someone up to the age of 19 years old, for the therapist, the parents, the provider. So this is like, I'm way past explaining to people what um, the importance of pronouns are. The information is out there. Genderqueer and non-binary people have existed in literally every culture across the board, in early history and ancient history, every single culture, Native American, Indigenous Australian, Asian, European, Russian, there's Egyptian, there's gender nonconformity throughout the ages. It's not new. And what is also not new is that through, we've seen hundreds of years, or through the last hundreds of years, groups of people being scapegoated and legislated against and harassed and intimidated and having their human rights taken away. And, you know, through this lens of like either science or biology, um, and we have to stop this cycle of violence and abuse. And um, to me, that's what's like way more important than pronouns. But yes, pronouns are very important. And I do think that for for me, what pronouns are is a way into daily conversation and daily interaction with folks on understanding the world outside of the gender binary and that the gender binary doesn't dictate every last thing uh, that we have to do. So that's why I use he, she, they, because it's a way that I can bring that conversation into daily life you know, with people and and have what I think are more important conversations. But I also didn't mean to bite your head off, but it's like, I'm just talking to like, you know, hundreds of families all the time who are under investigation from the government mm -hmm. for having a trans child. And frankly, it's frustrating for me that anyone would like not understand what pronouns are at this point. And what I really need for people to do is get in this fight and realize what's going on around them. And if you're scared about the Roe v. Wade uh, leak, if you're scared about uh, reproductive justice being overturned, we already have families that are under active investigation by the government. We are we have invited the government into the pants of our children to question their to question their gender. Um, this is increasingly dystopian, increasingly um, just so clearly transphobic. It's misogynistic. It's also anti-woman because trans women are women. And um, yeah, so I'm so sorry that I went on that like 10 minute thing, but it's just, and so I'm, I'm honestly so frustrated. And I'm also kind of frankly like sick of answering the question um, because we need to be having like way more important conversations. Yeah, no, honestly, you did not bite my head off. I am so glad that you shared all of that. Um, I hope that conversations like this, you speaking your truth and getting passionate will galvanize not only myself, but the people listening to this to do their own homework and to take action in their communities, to become allies and to just really do the work. Um, because as you said, it's you've had these conversations probably too many times and you are so right. Let's continue the conversation in a direction that will hopefully lead to direct action to the people who are getting negatively impacted by things that have been in place for much, much, much too long. And I really wanted to start there because here at Healthy is Hot, we really celebrate what it means to feel healthy within yourself. And that means so many different things. I mean, it's your mental health, your physical health, uh, your nutritional health, 
health, your sexual health, your health within your community. And I think feeling proud of who you are and looking in the mirror and really recognizing the beauty that is within you is such a beautiful starting point to feeling healthy within yourself and also healthy and safe within your community. So I really just want to start off by saying like, thank you for being so honest and unfiltered and raw. That's what we love here in this space. So I I really do appreciate you giving the answer that you wanted to give and for also reminding me and everyone that like, hey, let's continue the conversation in a much further, further direction because they've been had many, many times before. So I just want to start off by saying thank you for that. Um, And like I mentioned, health means something different to everybody. So I'm curious for you, when you think of health, what does that bring up? Um, You kind of encapsulated it really well. I think that health is a multi-dimensional relationship because there's like mental health, there's your physical health, there's your emotional health, there's your spiritual health, there's the sexual health, there's all the different types of healths and, and like layers to that. So yeah, it's, I also think that like, um, health also, I notice within myself that there's this like immediate kind of defensiveness when I think about health. Mm. Um, when I think about like, the HIV safety net, or when I think about like, um, like size, weight, fat phobia, eating, um, like I, I just, it's just such a personal thing for everyone. And I think that I'm not unique in that I can get very like triggered and like passionate when talking about it. Generally, I think that that's just something I like notice like a lot, especially like on the internet. So yeah, I think that health is, really important but it's also like really tricky it's like this relationship that like i always think about like wanting to like just tie things up in pretty nice little boxes and then put them on the shelf because like i understand it now and i don't really have to come back to that but i'm noticing with health it is never like that and you actually have to like look at it all the time and it's kind of a -a whack-a-mole because once you get one thing together like something else wants to flare up so yeah honey it's a thing this health It's like a lifelong thing. Like everyone has their own lived experience with what health means to them or or maybe the frustrations they have with it growing up. Like I've been super open on this podcast. I thought I was very healthy growing up. Looking back and now that I've been in a lot of therapy, I was the furthest thing from healthy. You know what I mean? Like body image issues and disordered eating and obsessive exercising and like you name it. And now at 33, I have worked on myself and worked on my relationship with who I see in the mirror and how I, I look at food and how I celebrate food and how I move to fuel my body. But there are days, like you said, where something, whether it's on the internet or something I see on TV or something someone says to me, or I go to the gym and I see something and it completely just throws me off my track. And it's so humbling when that happens because it's a reminder that we can do the work on ourselves, but the work is never done, especially when it comes to our health and our mental health. Yeah, it's so true. I also think that for me, like, one thing that I've really just been struggling with for the last few months is that like, because like I've been through a lot and I talk about what I've been through in, in like my book and well, both my books. And because I'm like someone who's like a survivor of abuse and I'm like with HIV and I'm someone who is in recovery and is sober from like hardcore drugs. Um, so like California sober, as we say, cause like she still smokes, I still smoke pot. Um, we're in but, Canada where it's very legal and very yeah, celebrated. It's great. So. it's great. So, but I think it's like when it comes to food eating, 
um, body image. I've talked a lot about that. And even like in my, or in an episode of Getting Curious that I did for Netflix, I talk about, there's like a snacks episode. And I felt pretty confident in like where I was coming from and what that episode was. And then there was like a lot of backlash to it within like the health at any size community. And there was so many people that like, absolutely just like came for my neck on the internet, which was really traumatizing because I like wanted people to love it. And you never want to like hurt people or like go wrong. But it's like, it was interesting because it's like when it came to like body image, food, I kind of thought that I was at a good place with it. And then in realizing like in watching that episode back and like taking people's criticism and like taking people's feedback in, I kind of realized that I have, I have not healed from my eating stuff and I am still struggling with disordered eating and I am still struggling with body image and like, I even like feel myself getting emotional now talking about it because in the last like month I've like kind of, it's just so confusing because like it's like, if you want to change body size, you're fat phobic. If you want to change the way that you look, you're buying into diet culture. But really it's like, for me, I just realized that like, I've been on this like yo-yo with my food and like my body for kind of my whole life, like either gaining a bunch of weight or losing a bunch of weight. And I kind of want to get off the cycle. So like, I've like hired a nutritionist and I'm like doing like, I'm kind of taking those steps to like really think about what I'm eating and I'm like getting curious about the food stuff, but it's like, I really don't want to talk about it publicly. Not that you asked. And I love that I'm just like bringing it up, but I like feel safe to do it. Cause I'm not on my own podcast. I'm like on somebody else's platform. So I'm like, kind of use this time. It's like therapy. Um, but it's like, I don't really want to talk about it publicly cause I don't want to get my head bitten off and I don't want to trigger people. Um, and it's like, I don't think I necessarily have all the answers. Cause what's interesting mm. is, is that I was basically like living on coffee from like the time I hit the, my feet hit the floor until like somewhere in the afternoon to like, if like you looked at me wrong, I would just like cry. Cause I was like, just, I was just prioritizing like my work, everybody else's needs, like everything except for like what I was eating. Cause I was like, I just don't have time. Yeah. And then before I knew it, I kind of like was just binge eating like every night and I had like I gained a like kind of significant weight, but I was like, I look amazing. So who cares? Like I look gorgeous. It like wasn't that. And, but you know, then like my doctor was like, girl, you've had high blood pressure for two years. And then like, he was like, I'm worried that you're pre-diabetic. And then I was like, huh? And so like there was, and I was like, ah, and so that was kind of what precipitated it. But this is really interesting because my mom is really into health at any size. And my mom is like on her own, like, you know, health journey and, She's been through a lot, so we can talk about it a lot together. But so this is so interesting to me. So basically, my doctors told me for years, like five years, because like sometimes my blood pressure will be like 150 over 100. And then sometimes it's like 120 over 80. And this is back even like before I gained weight when I was like super like, well, I think I and see it's like even talking about it now. I, I know. don't have to like. It's tough. Know. But I, I mean, 
what I've gained, like I've gained weight in the last two years. That's just like what it was. And so prior to the weight gain, I still would have high blood pressure, right? And my doctor back then would be like, I really want you to get an at-home blood pressure machine because you probably just have like a little bit of white coat syndrome because like, I mean, obviously when you get like HIV and like you get that news at the doctor, you're kind of a little bit always like, ah, at the doctor. So yeah. I think that was a little bit of it. So but after this time, this last appointment when he was like, I'm worried about the the blood sugar, I'm worried about the weight, I'm worried about the high blood pressure. And we got to do like more tests. So I got a blood pressure machine and then I came home and my blood pressure was high for like the whole week. Even when I was chill, even like just at home, it was high. So I was like, oh my God, I do have high blood pressure. So then I got the nutritionist and my husband and I have been meal prepping and I've been like eating like all throughout the day and really prioritizing it. I also stopped drinking coffee. No, like no coffee afternoon. I still drink coffee in the morning. Is it triggering if I show you my coffee? No, no, no. Should I, I hide it? it? I just don't drink it afternoon. Okay. I used to okay. drink it until like three or four and now I have like this cup and that's all, um, which has been interesting. But so it's been about a month now and guess what? For the last two weeks, my blood pressure has been 120 over 80 or like 120 over 70. Just like, or like the highest that it's been in the last two weeks was like 127 over like 77. So totally in the healthy range. Yeah. So I was telling my mom about that because I was like, oh, and then my blood work came back and I'm not pre-diabetic. So I was like, yay. And then I was like, mom, the my blood pressure is like already normal. And she was like, see, this is such an example of health at any size because even though you're like bigger than what you think you want to be, and even though you're bigger than what you were or whatever, your blood pressure is healthy, normal, your like your blood sugar is normal. Like you don't have like, so that's just such an example that yeah. you can be healthy at any size. And I was like, mom, you are so right. So anyway, so that's kind of what my truth is. And yeah. um, yeah, it's been really interesting to kind of be humbled and realize that like, I wasn't as healed as I thought I was. Mm -hmm. I love that your mom is like in your corner throughout the whole thing. And I love that she's a big promoter of health at any size. Because I think for so long, like when people thought, quote unquote, healthy, they Im immediately like visualized something. And it's like, everybody can be healthy at any size. Like what you shared is a perfect example. Like the metrics don't lie. Your blood pressure was in an area where your doctor perceived that as potentially, you know, dangerous for your health. You said you've been doing this for about a month now, you know, watching, making sure that you eat throughout the day, not only eating late at night, watching your caffeine, meal prepping, the whole thing. Oh, I'm so sorry to interrupt the conversation with Jonathan Van Ness, friends, but it's that time of the podcast, Chloe's Clarence Pick of the Week, and I want to talk about, ooh, I, I've already talked to you guys about how much I love being tan, but I also am trying really hard to treat my skin with care, which means I have to be mindful of the UVA and UVB rays, but I still want that glow. So I want to tell you guys about the self-tanning instant gel face and body. So this is really different than their lotion, which really does feel and act like a lotion. The gel is kind of nice when you're in a bit of a rush and you want to get that tan, but you need to get dressed right away after. And the reason why I'm talking about the gel is it blew me away at how quickly my skin absorbed it. It was a really, really nice, refreshing gel texture, very water-like. And because of that, it smooths 
kind of over the surface area of where you're trying to get that tan on like I immediately put jeans on afterwards and I didn't get a streaky look like I I don't know that they would recommend like I don't know if Clarence is like hey guys do this and put jeans on but I did it because I was in a bit of a rush and I was really really pleased and here's some here's some top tips all right if you're going to be using a self-tanner of any kind Obviously, first, you want to exfoliate and hydrate the skin well beforehand to avoid streaking. So don't do what I did and rush through it. Massage it in for even results. So give yourself a little massage, a little self-care. Make sure to wash your hands with soap right after you apply or the um, the interior of your hands will be tanned. And look, if that's what you're going for, don't bother washing your hands. But I always like to wash my hands right away. Um, and then you can ex- actually enhance your tan with adapted makeup. So they've also got this milky boost that you can add to your face by mixing it with your cream. And that'll just you know, promote even more radiance. So friends, if you're like me and you love good glow, but we're trying to keep our skin nice and healthy, then I definitely recommend Clarins um, entire self tanning uh, repertoire, but I'm kind of really feeling gel right now. All right, let's get back to JVN. It wasn't like just a month ago, like I kind of turned it on. Like I basically like, it was kind of like last year after we filmed Queer Eye here in Austin and my husband and I went on our honeymoon and then we got to go to London and like I got to meet his whole family like after we'd been married and like he had like not gotten to go home for two years. <sighs> so it was kind of around then where I was like, because like all my jeans, I, st- I stopped wearing jeans because like we just, you know, we had gotten in a fight and they just like didn't fit. And then, you know, so then I got bigger ones and then we got in a fight with those and then they didn't fit. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to do it twice. And then I was like, and it's hot in Texas. So I'm just going to wear t-shirt dresses from now on anyway. So I just only wore t-shirt dresses. But then girl, even the t-shirt dresses, I started, I was like, okay. So that was like last year, like after London. And, but then I also realized like, oh my God, I'm alcoholic adjacent. Cause I was like having like a mixed drink every night, which never was my truth ever. But then, like, producing my first show in the height of a pandemic and having, like, 50 people's health and wellness, like, on my conscience, like, at all times, like, I was just really, like, feeling the respiratory pandemic executive producer pressure. And, um, you know, so so then that was, so it was, like, last August where I was, like, okay, I definitely know I don't feel good. And I definitely know that, like, it's, like, the alcohol was my first 1% where I was, like, I've never been a daily drinker. I was always just, like, a weekend, like, with my friends, like, type of girl. So I was, like, I'm just going to go back to that because it's, like, an easy change. So I did that first. So that was, like, August to, like, like, August of last year. But it was, like, casual 1% for, so there's the alcohol. And then I was, like, okay, let me, like, start working out a little more, like, instead of, like, you know, two days a week, let me do three. And I did that for a while. And then it was like four. So it was like the little ones. But then it was really like, as I started, because I do gymnastics at the beginning of my like comedy show, which like I'm obsessed with and was, (laughs) but it was like, I didn't do it for two years, you know, because of the pandemic. And so then when I started to go back, I was like, ow, this really hurts my knees and my ankles and my shoulders and my wrists in a way that it didn't really used to hurt. And gymnastics is one of those sports where like any change in your body can like, change your skills so that doesn't apply to only if you're like an olympian like even if you're doing more basic skills like so i really kind of had to like relearn a bunch of stuff and i was just like i used to like do way more shows and way more often and like you know eight shows in four days and i would so like two gymnastics routines like a night like one at like you know seven and one at like nine like it was i could do it like in my sleep now it was like as i did it again last year and this year i was like Ow. <laughs> it kind of hurts like I was really having to like stretch for like 20 minutes after the show and like I couldn't just like go to sleep or I would literally like be almost like 
Because, like, if you do gymnastics and keep your body warm for, like, two hours and you stand in heels in, like, one place for, like, an hour and a half, you know, it's just really hard on your body. I mean, standing in heels for that long is hard. And then on top of that, doing gymnastics before. Especially doing stand-up, because, like, I'm into this new thing now in my performance art where, like, I used to pace because I was nervous. And now, like, I realized it was my nervous thing. But now I've really been working on, like, when I perform, like, I stand and, like, I command my space. And I only move my body if it's, like, in service of the joke. Like, Mm. I don't. I don't move just like, and it's, I really feel like it like, Ooh, it's like made my, it's like, Ooh, it made it tighter and like harder, but fuck me, my calves and like my Achilles, like all of it. So, but it was, that's kind of like what, in addition to like the doctor, I was just like, I'm going like on tour in Australia in September. And I have like a bunch of shows that I'm announcing later this year. And I just was like, okay, I'm hot. Like, if there was a clone of me, I would want to do it. Like, it's not that I'm not about. Like, I love the size. I love. The, I like. I think I look amazing. It's just that, like, my knees and my ankles and my like really like because I want to be able to do this for a long time. Yeah. And I love getting to do gymnastics and I love getting to like figure skate, even though I don't get to do as much as I used to get to do it. But I want to have the ability. And I'm just like, okay, for me, that's like why it's made it like more of a priority and that I just don't want to be on this roller coaster forever. Yeah. No, roller coasters are nauseating after a little while. I always like the idea of a roller coaster and then I go on one and I'm like, mm, I think my organs shifted in my body. I think I might not be a, such a big fan yes. of coasters. Yeah, sitting in my own waist and I just like want to go home. Yeah. You know? Oh my gosh. Um, no. And, and like talking about gymnastics and just, you know, your uh, newfound like love of moving your body in a way that brings you joy brings me to my next thing, which is like, how important is it to prioritize joy? And for you, that comes in many forms. Maybe it's gardening, maybe it's your gymnastics. We all have the various things that bring us joy. And you posted on your social media that it's important to prioritize joy, even if there's a lot of really shitty things going on in the world that like your joy is still worth pursuing and prioritizing even in the midst of chaos. Um, okay. So two things. Yes. One is, uh, for like gymnastics, just because I never want people to like, gotta like be clear. I like, I did not you, just like, I feel like I have to. I actually did gymnastics when I was like a teenager. I got like my flips when I was like 15 because I did gymnastics and cheer. So like, I didn't just learn, like, because I don't want people to be like, oh my God, you just, no. I just came back to it after not doing it for like 15 years. And then, but like, not to like brag, I am way better at it now than I was when I was a teenager. Like, I'm just saying, like, it's like my technique is like way better, uh, but I'm just saying. So not to like compare myself to Chelsea Memel, but if I was going to compare myself to Chelsea Memel, I would just be saying like, we both got like even better in our thirties. So whatever, there's that, but I'm not new to it, but figure skating I am new to, and I did get really kind of kind of bad too, kind of bad, like, whatever, just whatever. <laughs> just really talented. I can't help it that I am just like, but you know what it is? I'm a visual learner and I've been watching so much figure skating and gymnastics since I was three that like, it's not my fault. You know what I mean? I'm just like extremely talented. Yeah. Uh, so that's what that is. Um, the second part of that is that like, as a non-binary person, I am very against these fucking goddamn binaries. They are literally choking us, queen. They are literally, Chloe, they are coming for our necks. They are suffocating us. And so that's kind of the whole prioritizing joy thing. And mm. like, what we have to realize is, is that like duality is more factual and reality than binaries, right? We get forced these binaries down our throat because they're easier and quicker. And we've been programmed to like, we've been programmed to be like this or that, choose this or that, go quick, next thing. And I do that a lot too. I'm not saying that I'm not like that because I am like that, but we all are. And so 
you can have feelings of guilt and shame about things that are going on and that you want that you could do more and that maybe you actually should be doing more and at the same time prioritize your joy and then go back and actually do work all of those like you don't have to like uh make like let something go in order to experience something else you Mm. can like you can compartmentalize and i think that that can actually be healthy and it's necessary because we can't sit around in activation or in research mode all the time we cannot be like researching the ills of what's happening and then activating on that research sorting ourselves out banding shoulder to shoulder and be in that fight 24 7. it's like it's unsustainable it's physically impossible but i think that what a lot of people are doing right now is that they are assuming that someone else is doing that work and that they in fact don't have time because of this false binary thinking that's like oh i can't i whatever like and i also think that it's important when we think about that to like because when you were saying like oh like what's health like earlier and then i like had that really long rambly answer Oftentimes, I think with health and self-care, it's it's a lot of, like, aesthetic or, like, outside things that we think about. It's, like, how you look or, like, self-care is, like, you know, taking a shower, trimming your face, doing a mask, exfoliating, like, whatever. But self-care can also be, and I think it is, and it must be, being in community and, like, showing up for each other and, like, being of service. And that's also self-care. And that is also something that can bring us into balance, improve mm-hmm. our health, like helps the community health helps ourselves it helps everybody so i think that that's kind of how we do it and it is important to prioritize your joy and like and for me like why gymnastics is so joyful is like not only do i get to like do it in my career which is like really fun and unexpected but it's really me connecting with like my inner child like i always wanted to learn how to tumble i never thought that i would really be able to because of my body type and actually because of a lot of the like messages that i received like socially um so you know and then it ended up being like one of my biggest freedoms and one of my like happiest accomplishments of my like adolescence that i did get my tumbling and could do cheerleading and then like you know could do that and so now to get to come back to it is just like really freeing and very like fun and exciting um but i forgot what i was saying (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah prioritizing joy it's like so for me like that joy is like twofold because it's about connecting with my inner Mm -hmm. child and it's also about work which is cool but we all have to prioritize our joy because like you just can't be sustainable in your life if you don't have any joy but i also think that when it comes to being a service and helping out being an ally being a queer ally making sure that you're um supporting of bipoc initiatives and making sure that you're supportive of like whatever community that you are in shoulder to shoulder in solidarity with because we realize that intersectional um intersectional allyship is really the only way for us to move forward we also have to like prioritize our joy in order to do that fight like those things have to coexist so that's cool and joy's amazing and uh you actually can get a lot of joy from like being in service too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and doing your gymnastics or whatever that version of that for you is or like sitting on the couch for like eight hours because you can do that on saturday and then even when you're doing that queen there's never been more ways for us to like show up and be of service for folks yep there's never been you can like literally do it from your couch if you wanted to you just got to make like 20 minutes big takeaway friends here Again, 1% to do yeah. something today, 1% better. And maybe the 1% for you today, friends, is going to be how you can be of service to your community. And 
like JVN said, figure out who you're going to stand shoulder to shoulder with and incorporate that into your daily life. And you might be surprised at the level of joy and compassion and community it brings to your life. Um, you have done so much in your life, but before podcasting, before writing multiple books, before your advocacy work, uh, before being an executive producer, I believe hair was like the number one thing in your life. Um, how did your love of hair start? Because now you're at a place in your life where that love of hair has turned into something big and inclusive and kind to Mother Earth. And I want to celebrate all of that. Ah, oh, thank you. Um, yeah, JV and hair, it's like wild. I feel like I have at least like every single day, like a pinch me moment with JV and hair where like, I can't believe that like I get to be a founder of this hair company and that I get to like do this work. It's so cool. Um, yeah, I think my mom was really into Barbies and beauty pageants, even though she's like also a tomboy, like yes, duality, you know, it's always like a common theme. Um, but so I think for me it was like perms in the late 80s that I was just like, this hair is so cool. Like what is going on with this hair on these people's head? I love it so much. It's so interesting. Tina Turner, what's love got to do with it? Like I would just pop the collar on my windbreaker and like stomp around the house. And like with my curly hair, like I just thought Tina Turner, I thought, I, I just loved 80s hair. I loved beauty pageant hair. Um, I also loved gymnastics hair. I loved figure skating hair. I loved like the tube. Like I just, I just loved hair. Like the tube bangs, if you know, you know. Um, yeah, and I just, and I also from a really early age, like loved ingredients. I loved um, the expression of hair. I didn't understand that it was like art and self-expression that I was drawn to, but now in hindsight, I can tell that that, that is what it was. Mm -hmm. I think that hair is such a unique medium because it is something that is so universal we all have a relationship to hair or a lack of our hair or like a something with our hair so it's like a universal relationship and it has this intersection of art science lifestyle expression um economics um creativity there's just so much that comes into hair that is it's so much deeper than just hair because for every single um desire or like opinion that one has about their hair is related to one of the things that i just said like it's and also like gender race age like social class all of it so and as a hairdresser, like, you get to see and meet so many different people. Like, I've worked with probably, like, thousands of clients in my career from all different walks of life. And so that's, it's just so cool. I, I just, I love getting to do hair. I love working with people. And I, and it's interesting, because, like, when I first did Queer Eye, and obviously I still do hair on the show, and I still do my friends and my family. And I actually was still doing hair full-time in the salon for, like, the first three months. Like, it was really until, like, season two came out that I, like, just did not have time to be in the salon. And for that first year, like, from, like, summer of 18 to summer of 19, I was like, let me learn to be a stand-up comedian. Let me learn how to write. Let me learn how to, like, I just wanted to kind of do everything else besides hair because mm. I had been doing it for 12 years. And also, frankly, as, like, a salon owner and someone who was, like, self-employed and had been working for salons, I was kind of just, like, inundated with hair and I, like, needed a break. And then after, like, 
eight months. I just like woke up tasting bleach. I like woke up with like formulas in my head. I would like, I was like dreaming of like layers and I was like dreaming of like haircuts and I was like frothing it. Like I literally would take my agent, I would be on a shoot and I would take my, I would like sneak my scissors. Like I wouldn't even tell my assistant. I would just like sneak my scissors in my purse and I would like, we'd be in Brooklyn and I would take my agent outside and like cut our hair on the street. Like I would be working with like one of the buyers for like some shoot I was doing for like whatever company I was working with and I'd be like, this like face frame is not working. Like we just need to like do something here. Like I was like just really hurting for hair. And <sighs> created JVN. Like what sets JVN apart from everything else that's out there? Well, I think, I mean, I do, I'm like, I'm biased, but I do think that JVN hair is like the most efficacious brand that I've ever gotten to work with. And um, I obviously created it, but really what it is about us that sets us so far apart from other people is one of the, one first and foremost, it's our Hemi Squalane. And Hemi Squalane is just a power player ingredient. Hemi means half, and then Squalane is Squalane. So Hemi Squalane is a half size molecule of Squalane. And where Squalane was historically harvested from was from shark liver or olives. And those both have like their own host of uh, problems in harvesting from there. In the shark's case, it's like a shark's die. And in olives, it's case, it's like if it's too hot, if it's too cold, if the olive crop doesn't work right. And also the squalane from olives is like a, just a little bit of a different consistency. It doesn't tend to play as nice with other ingredients. Um, doesn't blend as well. It has to go. And also like that squalane is like brown. So like it makes whatever colors it's like if the product you want to like mm. not be tan, it like is another thing that I mean, I love the color brown, but I'm just saying. So basically, Amaris, who's the parent company of JVN Hair, who's also the parent company of Biosance. So we're siblings, Biosance and us. Um, so I was working with Biosance for years, uh, is like being their kind of like global ambassador of like um, self-care and just loving Biosance. But I was getting to do like all these product knowledge classes and I was interviewing their lead product formulators and all these scientists like in my, in relationship to my work there. And this one day I was working with this like, which has since, just, since been discontinued and I loved it, but it was this like tea tree facial oil. It's like a detoxify, it was like a balancing facial oil. And I ran out of my hair oil and my ends were super dry. And I was like, I'm just gonna like put some of this like shit on my hair, I'll be fine. And I looked at my ends and it looked like, I, like my ends were like incredible. So then I was like talking to Rami, our lead product formulator. And I was like, why is the squalane in this tea tree oil like so awesome on my hair and like not oily? And cause I would use the hundred percent squalane oil as like a pre-wash moisture treatment. Um, but it would like, it was like oily. Like, mm -hmm. like, you know, you couldn't like style your hair with it. You know, it was like oily. It's like a, you'd had to wash it out. So she was like, oh, that's not squalane. That's the hemi squalane in there. And I was like, Eureka, honey, that hemi squalane. And then I was like, but wait, stop telling them all your ideas. So then I like went, because then I'd always had this idea to do a hair care line. But I was about to like give my idea to somebody else. Like, because I just like had this idea for years. I was like, we should formulate for hair type versus, or excuse me, we should formulate for hair concern versus hair type. Because whether your hair is like stick straight, super fine, or really dense, kinky, coily, like 1A to 4C, your hair either, ne either needs more strength or more moisture, or it needs more body and volume. Like no matter what your hair yeah. is, like, those are the three main things that like people in my experience like need more of. And I was like, because really, like, hair is segregated for all of these reasons. It is, like, just frankly not scientifically accurate. Like, 
you don't need different products because you have textured hair, because you have straight hair, because you're a black woman, or like, the only thing is, is that certain textures of hair might need like an additional product or an additional mm -hmm. like layer of like heat styling to achieve a certain look. Like if you have really textured like 4C hair and you want to like blow your hair out really straight, you might have to like put a little like foam on your hairline and do a little mold to like really get your edges like smoothed out in a way that if your hair was like a one or a two, like you wouldn't have to work yeah. on so hard. So in that way, you might need like an extra product, but you don't have to use like fundamentally different products just because you have different textures of hair. It's really the concerns that we need to be formulating for. So I was just like, ah. So then that was kind of how I came up with JVN Hair, which was like, let's pair Hemi Squalane with a more of like an artist hair stylist created brand. Cause I just, I've had thousands of clients. Like I've heard thousands of concerns for like my whole career. So I was just like, I feel like I can do this. I'm like ready. Plus I gotten like, just in my experience behind the chair, like everyone just universally, like we all could just feel better about ourselves. Yes. Like we, like the beauty industry is just kind of like made a lot of folks feel beaten down and made them feel confused and made them feel like they needed to change who they were in order to like celebrate their beauty. And my whole thing is like, whether you want to like completely change your hair or you want to completely embrace your hair, you're beautiful. You always were beautiful. You were always worth celebrating. Like, let's just help you not heat damage your hair. That's all. Like, I just, that's the only thing. So that's my big thing. That's why we're all about like, come as you are. I love to meet yes. people where they're at. I want to celebrate everybody's beauty. I really want to utilize Hemi Squalane because we make our Hemi Squalane from this endemic, which means like it's born there. It's like live there. Um, Sugarcane that lives in Brazil and like not by the Amazon. Like it's like, a, it, like it's like not over there. It's like, it's like in a good place and, and like, and it's endemic there. So kind of just like uses like minimal watering Ugh. we use like a very small piece of um of like farmland that makes like all the squalane and all the hemi squalane that we use oh so my it, gosh it's, it's such a cool cyclic um kind of sustainable situation that we have there which is really cool this and is then, just like so 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 exciting like, but then it's just like the glass and aluminum because like we if, when i first started i was like we have to be 100 plastic free or and like not doing it i was like we have to be plastic free and then our product formulator was like um the thing with that is, is that if, if like a product encloses, like if there's an enclosure, like there's no technology for it to not have plastic yet. And I was like, are you serious? It's 2022. And she was like, give us a few minutes. And then I was like, <laughs> or she was like a few years. And so I was like, all right. So that's why we prioritize aluminum and glass. And we do have like plastic in our droppers and a little plastic in our pumps, but it's post-consumer recycled plastic. And we're working to phase that out by 2025. We're really excited about that. Well, 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 who else is feeling fired up and inspired after that chat? Yeah, same here. I can't believe I'm saying this, but just like that, another episode of the Healthy is Hot podcast in the books. Once again, I'm your host, Chloe Wild. And look, if you enjoyed this, go ahead and subscribe so you never miss out. Rate and leave us a cute little comment. Follow us on Instagram at Healthy is Hot. And remember, healthy is fucking beautiful. We'll see you next week. Brought to you by Clarence.